Stupid fucked up, wicked high Don't you ever just wonder why We didn't learn the true history But now they're about to teach you and me Oh, 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 high story Oh, oh, high story Hello. Cheers. Hi, welcome. Let's, let's cheers each other. Oh, it sounds like a mid-morning. Well, you wouldn't cheers like that mid-morning. So like a, a late show. It is a late. It's pretty classy, it's late Classy night, late I show. I suppose. 6 p.m. That's pretty late. Oh, you know, we could bring back the times where everyone just like gathered around a radio instead of TV. I would TV, love that. And we could be like, hi, glad you're here for another week. Tuned of- in. Untold High Story. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's true. Do you want to listen to us in the evening? Well, hi, I'm Olivia. I'm Abby. This is Untold High Story. Where we get really high and tell you a lot of cool stories, specifically about women. Specifically, we like women. Women are great. Women are great. They literally run the world. They create the world. They create, they birth the world. Yes. I'll say. Yeah. I want to see that on a bumper sticker. So this week we are doing something new. Oh, yeah. We, we ate... should talk about, we usually smoke, I'm I'm hoping you listen to other ones. If not, I'm not taking it personally, but. Jump around. Yeah. We used to usually just smoke a bong. Water pipe, to mm-hmm. be politically correct. Mm-hmm. Water pipes. Because for all you 16-year-olds out there, if you walk into a smoke shop and call it a bong, they will ask you to leave. Yeah. But no, we're doing something different. We're eating a couple of edibles today. 10 milligrams of THC. I mean, really quite delicious. You know how really sometimes good. edibles can just be, yeah, to choke them down sometimes, you know? But that, oh, was, yeah. a, that was a nice like classic. So, like, yeah. Remember wow. when we made mushroom tea when we were camping this summer it and was... I put so many drops of peppermint oil in it, we could like barely drink it. Yeah. Yep. And you were like, just one or two will pass the flavor. Yeah. And, you were like, <laughs> and then I dropped like five in there and you were like, what did like, you just do? I mean, I'm going to be honest though. It was kind of nice due to the fact that it was a hundred degrees and like the peppermint That's was cooling. True. That's true. Because. It was a terrible weekend. I really thought I was going to get heat stroke and die. See, and we talk about that all the time, how we don't, like our parents or our mothers in particular wouldn't oh, yeah. necessarily like talk about how crazy they used to be. But I'm like, I feel like that's the only way kids are going to learn. Oh, no, but think about it though. Like, do you remember as like a high schooler asking your mom, like, mom, did you ever just party and have fun? And you're being sarcastic because, you know, like right. they won't let you go to that like high school bonfire la, 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 where everyone kisses. And <laughs> like, no, but your mom says that. She's like, no, I was an angel my entire life. And you know, she's saying they're doing the dishes, thinking about that time that she like fucks some dude in the bathroom and then like snorted a bunch of cocaine. Seriously. All moms were wild. Here we go. Yay, lives first. All right. So the woman I chose, her name, so she was born as Shi Yang. She was born in 1775 in Guangdong. Oh, by the way, this is from um, like Asian descent. So if I butcher some of the pronunciations, but I do know that Guangdong was a, it was a Southern province. So we're looking in Southern China. That's where she was born. She was a Cantonese prostitute for most 
most of her life up until... So they were also called Madams. So that's how she kind of coined the nickname Madam Ching was pretty much what she was referring... It's also what I refer to her as for mm-hmm. most of the rest. Madam. And she worked on this thing called a floating brothel. What? Um, yes. So I had never heard of this, so I thought it was kind of important to give some backstory on what floating brothels were. Wait, can we pause? What year is this again? 1775. Okay. I was way too high and missed that. But so, okay, so 1775. Yep, 1775. That's when she was born. Okay. So, so yeah. you're looking like, we're looking closer to the 1800s maybe. Yes. Right? Most of her like most of what I'm going to talk okay. about happens between like 1800 and like 1810. Cool. So she was between like 25 and 30 years or yeah. 40. 25 and 35. Cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. But this floating brothel situation. So floating brothel. Like, so what? then I, I did a little bit of side research on that so we can understand like what was up with that. Yeah, um, and I found an excerpt from floating brothels and the Canton flower boats from this dude, Paul A. Van Dyke. He's just some doctor who like wrote a paper about this, but I found it on researchgate.com just so we have all of our sources in line. Hey, look at you being so good. Right. And I'm going to read you the excerpt directly. I know that's kind of boring. The floating brothels of the Pearl River Delta were part of the river scene for hundreds of years. They rose in unison with the trade and depended heavily on it for their survival, directly or indirectly. Floating brothels at Wompa helped to keep the peace among the visiting foreign community. The floating brothels at Canton were more commonly referred to as flower boats. They serviced Chinese only. Until recently, there was little known about the social functions of these brothels, but in historical literature, they are often referred to as places of debauchery, which is not an entirely true or accurate depiction of them at all. Chinese men could experience all the pleasure they desired in a flower boat, but these establishments were much more than simply floating brothels. Being one of the major trading ports of the world, with hundreds of foreigners arriving every year, one would expect that prostitution was a regular part of the scene in the Delta. So that wow. is where okay, so she was working. Is so, so the difference between the Cantonese flower boats, yeah. have you, they serviced only Chinese incomers okay so not foreigners she was working at one of those so where her province was is there a lot of like channels and rivers yes oh okay okay yep it's right in the delta so it's like a lot of floating you know towns and so like like basically like marketplaces okay wow so i mean if you think about it there's no laws in the waterways you're not on anybody's land you can do whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. so that's where she was working and in 1801 she was 26 years old she married this dude named chang this is a question is it a roman how do you say a roman numeral is it just chang one chang the first Chang the first. Yeah. Because it's written as like Chang and then Roman numeral number one. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Chang the first, a notorious pirate. And in 1801, I kind of did a little bit of off research because I wanted to know what was happening in marriage in China at this time because I didn't know like why people are marrying or, you know, so forth and so forth. So I learned that Confucianism, for example, is becoming more popular and that encouraged rather than to marry ancestrally as people had been doing in years and generations prior. What? That people marry who had simply strong surnames. So they used to believe in the idea of, like, purity, right? Like, marry, oh, marry yeah, within the family, within keep the, the bloodline. Yeah. Exactly. Confucianism moved in, and they said that anyone from a either... class. Right. Yeah. Either name. It didn't matter if they had the yeah. same last name or not. As long as they were of the same standing, yeah. they could combine and, like, become a power force. Yeah. So then okay. this idea I mean, of, like, lineage... that was very similar to a lot of, right. like, European countries. A lot of countries believed that. Like, exactly. Like, you marry, you marry someone... 
your status or better to like better yourself. Well, you right. Know, it was all about creating you don't marry like beneath strength you. and yeah. lineage. Yeah. And like strength just meant like power. Wealth, wow. Okay. So there's, health, do we know right. what she, is that why she married him? Well, so I, perfect segue question. People are also low key at this. I wrote, I wrote that. <laughs> I can't believe I wrote that. Starting to marry for love oh, at this time. This is really ties in with my subject. So, I mean, amazing. yes, there are still lots of arranged marriages yeah. and matchmakers who urged hierarchy bloodlines to remain pure by marrying either relatives or relatives of the selected spouse. Oh, so, I mean, like a, brothers? Dude, a dude would marry a chick and then all of her sisters and impregnate all of them. So it, they would still have the same, the same lineage. Literally? That was at the, yes, that was a Sister thing. Wise. So polygamy, like, polygamy was coming. Ooh. Exactly. So that was my, I was like, so you might be asking yourself, does that mean polygamy was a thing? But it is speculated according to Wikipedia that they simply fell madly in love with each other. Oh, That was like the first speculation and that they yeah. just like wanted to be together. After all, they were the same <laughs> they class. Like, oh my God, we love you. Thank yeah. God. Right. Like we're I imagine him as being a pirate who comes into her port, spends a night with her. Oh, Then romantic. maybe they fall in love. However, there's other haters yeah. out there who say that that is not a thing oh, and that it was all arranged Oh, and it was like a business move intended to consolidate power, all that shit. I don't, I can't believe that because I don't understand what power is coming from a prostitute marrying a pirate. That's very true. Unless it's the power to get her out of her situation. Yeah. Because he's no, still just a fucking pirate. I want to vote love. You know? Totally. I'm a vote love too. Let's yeah. vote yeah. love. I well, like that story better. Um, okay. Either way, Xing Hing Kao. Okay, so <laughs> this is so, this, that was her original name. I, that was one of the times I forgot to change it to Madam Chang. But either way, Madam Chang is said to have agreed to lend her powers of intrigue, as it were, to her husband's endeavors by formal contract, which granted her 50% control and share of his armadas. So I'm going to dive into what that means. Following their marriage, she so fully like participated. Well, different. More of like a dowelment. We talked about oh. those previously. This is the true definition of what's yours is mine. By the time... That's I, a prenup. By the... Okay. Okay, so yeah. by the time they yeah. entered the... I so, guess I didn't know that, yeah. Why would I know what <laughs> a prenup is? Before they enter the marriage. Yes, prenup. Right, so, what's yeah, mine no. is yours Yeah, and so a prenup is basically like you go through and you list everything you brought into the marriage and how much you're so not So that nobody is. can fuck over yeah. the other. Yeah, so then... And this is the sad thing, because it's when you get a divorce, then whoever's the angriest in being the divorcer mm -hmm. can't, like, sue you for all your money. And it says, following their marriage, she fully quote-unquote, fully participated in her husband's piracy. So he was known cool. as, obviously, Cheng the First. And then, so she became known as Cheng I, or the First Sao, which just meant wife of Cheng the First. That's what people started calling her. Why, why did they just keep right. her name? Right. Well, because she was no longer a madam. Oh, yeah. So they felt it disrespectful. Sa to yeah, call that's her true. Madam yeah. Chang, and that wasn't her surname anymore. Now she oh, was she was Chang. She did that was yeah right. I mean, his name is a lot less cool, and right? And she's a lot more. Minimum. So together they adopted this guy named Chuang Po. Adopted, him. and he was another yes. So I'm unsure of his age. I did a bunch of research into like how old he was at the time of adoption, all this shit. But basically, what I could find out about him was that he was an esteemed pirate who like had this really great reputation and in 
adopting him, they not only had an heir then for whatever would happen to them. I think he's the same age because later on you'll hear me touch. Dude, she ends up like marrying what? this dude. What? She yeah. adopted him Spoiler as Spoiler alert for my own fucking story. Oh my God. She ends up seduce after her husband dies, she fuck? ends up seducing him and marrying him and having children <laughs> with her stepson. This is, oh my God, what's that thing where parents are obsessed with their children? But uh, no, dude, I, oh, I, no, I think it's, it's like, honestly like, I think it was her covering her basis oh. in that she knew that the husband would probably die in battle eventually. And if she had someone on her side who she adopted, loved her, trusted her, but still had a ranking of her husband, and which he had did. children with him. And Dude. Damn. Dive in. I need to know what brought know. her to that level. Okay. So, so like, here we where go. are we at? She's, so, she's okay. still her normal self right We're now. still, yep. He was a renowned pilot, so I couldn't determine his age, all this shit. Uh, so that was her stepson making him to full legal heir. So he would inherit <laughs> yeah. whatever. Everything. Would come. Okay. Yep. Cool. Chang the first used military assertions along with his reputation to form a massive coalition from unifying small gangs. Okay. So he literally like went around to all these ports, found all these like dismembered little gangs who were up up in arms and wanted to yeah but like didn't have a leader right offered them the resource to join him so he created a federation of 70,000 men consisting of over 4,000 junk ships that's what they were called junk ships were just Chinese sailing ships that's what they called them yeah that like weren't really used and they took over right right they were just traditional Chinese sailing vessels so eventually their coalition was known as the Red Flag Fleet and consisted of six different fleets within that and those all had their own colors. What? So this is by 1804. This happened in three years. They got married in 1801. In three years, okay, see, they had so, a coalition of 70,000 men. I'm gonna be honest, now I have to go back and think like, oh, my whole, like, they married for love. That's a fucking business transaction. Exactly. They met and were like, I need you to make fucking so much money and just say, fuck the world, I'm gonna do me. So by 1804, it was a form, too, it says, you know, it was a formidable force and uh, one of the most powerful pirate fleets in all of China. That in is history. In- Insane. Yeah. So now we move along. Three years later, so we're in 1807, Chang I dies in Vietnam at the age of 39, okay? And she immediately began maneuvering her way into his leadership position. She took control of her late husband's pirate fleet by 1809, so two years after he died. She commanded over, doubled his ships, 800 junk ships, and a thousand smaller ones that followed those, okay? And she also what? commanded, now she commanded Holy over 70,000 men, women, and children. So no longer was it only 70,000 men, which which her husband was pretty strict about. Like an additional... She was allowing pirates to get married. She was allowing pirates to have children. And she was providing for all these people, for them to live on the boats, for them to have families there. So that's kind of what changed in those four or, four or five years, you okay. know, pre and post This makes me sad. How have we never heard of her? Dude, I know. So, haha, I wrote, haha, finally. I don't know why I did that. Oh my God. This was me probably Ooh. being her. Really. Ha ha! Finally, finally, we she commanded the Red Flag Fleet and controlled South China's seas. She earned the trust of her lieutenants by sharing her power with them. Wow! With these men under her, wank wank, <laughs> the gang collected money. 
raided camps and ships and raided Chinese river towns and coastal villages demanding a contribution and quickly grew in power. So now she was in command. So Madam Ching and her crew escaped every attempt by the government and was eventually offered amnesty for her crimes and offered her pirates rankings in the Imperial Navy. She started to cultivate personal relationships to get rivals to recognize her status and solidify her authority. She turns this point where she realizes that she's going to go down for being a pirate and she wants to she's going out kicking kicking the only thing I could think of was that she didn't want you know how we talk about in our real lives about like burning bridges in terms of past jobs and like references oh yeah 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 she wanted to build a list of strong references yes people who had her back like on a diplomatic scale would be like amazing even though this bitch was using her skills for piracy trust me when I tell you she has like general level battle skills you know what I mean so she would like go in and she would get their commitment when she started started to go down she literally like sent her top people off i mean yes it was to cover her own ass and grant herself immunity but it was also like hey yo i'll give you this really dope lieutenant for your army if you fucking just do what i exactly like dude and you and you also just like let me have a good reference not only is she like a fucking badass she is so book street smart bad like everything she just like really Seriously. Screwed some people over. So here's the next part. Here's where it gets a little weird. We'll dive back into the adopted son. She acted quickly to solidify the partnership with her adopted son, Chuang Po. Did they marry legally? With intimacy. Here we go. In order to remain in control of the Federation, she had to seduce her stepson. She chose him due to his loyalties and ties to her husband's family and thus securing a leader who would be loyal to her and accepted by the lower ranking pirate. This bitch knew what she was doing the entire time. That's how much you want to bet. How He's many never going to badmouth his own mother slash wife. No. If I bitch. raise like, you and and condition you and like oh, to it's trust like that, me it's like those and scary believe in yes, me. Yes. And like I am never wrong. I'm Boom. your mother. Boom. Why would I ever be wrong? So in order to stop her rivals before open conflict erupted, Whoa. she sought the support of of the most powerful members of her husband's family, his nephew and his cousin's son. Then she drew on the coalition formed by her husband by building upon some of the fleet's captains' existing loyalties. Is is this the son-husband or the husband-husband? Oh, no, no. This is her husband-husband's, like, extended family she's reaching out to to continue to build her image. She's like, I need everyone to speak on my behalf. So now after she married her child, she's going and she's like, please be on my side. I am going but yeah. by doing this, she makes herself essential to the remaining captains. Like, she puts herself in this role of, like, essentialism that cannot be eliminated. What is the time Because she's a boss-ass bitch. God, she yeah. just... So, here we go. Throughout her entire pirating career, she raided villages and markets, looting them, taking their people to sell into slavery, and continued to grow her fleet. Which, like, okay, is not cool that she was selling people into slavery. I mean... But also... Think about the times. 
think about this is the thing about her. Look though. at all the other things she did. She we'll just, never. Like, if she, you just went with her, she was fine. It's when you resisted her. Okay, but also she was selling people into slavery. I know she's a I badass. Know, I know, but like I didn't like damn. that part. I didn't want to say it honestly. But we I have felt to be like honest. To. We tell it like it is, even if it's shitty, even if it's people that we need to tell about it's and true. they suck. The like, attempts to dismantle her militia by the Chinese government were dodged as she continued to take over whoever fought against her, taking over their ships and earning the respect of the people who would later be in her crew. Before the government caught up to her, they decided to contract her out, basically. What? It's like a hitman? They would send her on missions to take people out or rob them. Shut up! But eventually, she was fighting off the government and all of these other pirates that were, like, coming at her. A double agent. Right. Like, she was just being attacked on both sides. So she was no longer being asked to work for the government. Like, they were trying to come after her. And she was also being attacked by other gangs of pirates. <sighs> so, she got herself into a little bit of a situation. But let me tell you, so this is, we're almost near the end. It's only 1809. This literal whole thing has happened in eight years. What the fuck? She married him in 1801. 1809. And rose to all this shit. So wow. she and the fucking son, husband, we'll call him for now, Chang Po, his fleet, or all their fleets, I guess, because they're still together, suffer a series of hits through the Portuguese Navy and all of these different things. They're they're battling the British at this point. It's just a whole fucking mess. And eventually the pirates who agreed to surrender end their career but are able to keep the loot. That's part of their agreement with the government. They essentially give themselves up to the government under the guise. They keep everything that they stole? they keep all the loot because they're fucking because she's smart so this amnesty that she set up with the government allowed only 60 pirates to be banished 151 to be exiled and only 126 to be put to death out of her whole fleet of over 17,000 pirates Wow. All of the rest were essentially let go to live their lives as they saw fit. So really, she only had 300 people out of 17,000 that suffered some sort of consequence from this deal that she brokered. Badass. She negotiated that entire deal for them. She is genius level IQ. Um, Upon being pardoned from her life as a pirate, she negotiated for her husband slash stepson (laughs) to retain several ships, including approximately 100 120 to be used for the employment on the salt trade. What? She also arranged for him and other pirates in the fleets to be given positions in Chinese bureaucracy, basically becoming like a strong reference for any upcoming gigs. So literally, who did she pay off? Who did she sleep with? I'm sorry. I'm I not know. pointing fingers. No, I know. But like, but like it seems... I'm sorry. Too, but I think that's you, how much... You like stole I think it was shit? this weird time of the Chinese government acknowledging her superiorness and understanding that they had to learn from her and work with her rather than continue to fight against her. I almost want to think that she found a way to fucking blackmail them all and was She also sounds super planned. Yes. Like that. I don't see that. I'm not ruling that out. Yeah. I can see her like going in and seducing them and being like, I don't think you want your wife to know about this, would you? Right. Right. Maybe we should make a deal. (laughs) We'll truly never know. Damn. So to answer your question, she requested that the government officially recognized her as the wife of Chang Po, her stepson she adopted then seduced and manipulated. Despite the restrictions against widows remarrying, her request was granted as the wife. Shocker! And and in 
2015, so just four years after that, she had a son, and then eventually, a couple years later, she had a daughter with him. After he died at sea in 1822, so about 10 years after they had children together, she moved the entire family to Macau and opened a gambling house and was still continued in the salt trade because she had all those ships invested. Oh, you know. In her later years, she even served as an advisor to generals while battling the British army during the first opium war in 1839. So they literally like sought this bitch out for her counsel in terms of battling, in terms of sailing, the sea knowledge, everything. Like she was, it's kind of like she became a professor. Yeah, like a monumental person in the sailing history. Like Exactly. And never heard of her. She died in bed surrounded by her family in Macau at the age of 69. Oh my god. She lived a long and prosperous life. And so I also wrote this little tiny section at the end here about why she's important. I said why is she important? And it's basically because she changed the entire history of pirating forever especially in China. And it's because she issued a code of laws and it was one of the first codes that was ever strictly, strictly enforced and it was one of the first ones that was ever written down. So you mean thing. by there's just now pirate laws on how to like I'm gonna read, legally I'm gonna be read a all four of them to you. Yes. <laughs> Please These, register as a pirate here so then you can loot the And she towns. referred to it the rough translation of the written code that I'm about to read you. It's only four little points. But didn't, I was hoping it wasn't too much. Translated <laughs> it means the laws for the humans who infested the Chinese Sea. Wow. Infested. Yeah. It's a bold choice of words. So it makes you think maybe. Ew, it makes you think of like varmint. To be out there. Right. Like, my God. Infested does have a negative kind of connotation. Yeah. But so here they are. Yes. And I just included them because they're funny and dope. So, number one, anyone giving their own orders, ones that didn't come directly from the mouth of Madame Chang or disobeying those of a superior, was beheaded on the spot. Hell yeah. Yep. Number two, no one was to steal from the public fund or any villagers that willingly supplied the pirates. So if a villager surrendered immediately and provided food, shelter, water, what have you to a pirate, they were not to be pillaged. They were not to be fucked with. So that's what I mean in terms of like, yeah, she's fucking people's shit up, but if you just comply, she she was was like, I love you. I'll be, I'll protect you. Number three. Oh, here we go. (laughs) All goods taken as booty. Had to be presented for group inspection. The booty was registered by a purser and then distributed by the fleet leader. The original Caesar, so if you were the guy that found the fucking treasure chest, you got... 20% 20% Hell yeah. of that, which is dope. And the rest was placed <clears throat> into the public fund. That was what she decided. That's cool. I mean, very yeah. communal style living. I like it. Number four is actual money was turned over to the squadron leader who only gave a small amount back to the Caesar. So the rest could be used to purchase supplies for unsuccessful ships because every time they would do a siege, not every ship would be able to oh, seize something. Okay, see, she I'm thought sorry. about a modern day yes. governor. Exactly. Exactly. Damn. She She also enforced that the punishment for a first time offense of withholding booty was (laughs) LOL. Was severe whipping of the back. Withhold that booty. Large amounts of withheld treasure or subsequent offenses equaled the death penalty. Um, she also had like an asterisk code that applied only to women and mainly female captives. Standard practice was to release women, but some claim to have witnessed differently. Usually the pirates made their most beautiful 
lawful captives their concubines or wives. If a pirate took a wife, he had to be faithful to her. The ones deemed unattractive were released and any remaining were ransomed. Pirates that raped female captives were put to death, but... If pirates had consensual sex with captives, the pirate was beheaded and the woman he was with had cannonballs attached to her legs and she was thrown off the side of the boat. What the fuck? So that's her little like asterisk rule, her little code of law for women. And that's the rough story of our friend Madam Ching, a sex worker turned pirate who was fucking dope. Holy shit. Yeah. I am a little bit speechless. I know. And obviously like most of that was from Wikipedia. I mean, some of it was like up for speculation and there's a couple of different things. Okay, but I feel like like, unfortunately a lot of the stuff that we are going to talk about always comes with like a speculation asterisk. Like an at, yeah. Yes. Because no one wrote about women. No one wanted to push women forward. If anything, they wanted to suppress and hide the fact that it was the woman that figured it out. So a lot of us, our stuff is going to be said like, oh, that's just speculation or it's all rumor. And it's like, mm, I'm going to choose to believe it because you purposely left us out. Exactly. So, duh. Cheers. Snaps. Snaps and cheers. Yeah, Well, yeah, what's your topic? Before I go, okay, so I was telling you this in the car today. I actually found out about this woman. This is a lady I found out about a while ago. And I decided not to do her. And then I was procrastinating a lot. And I was like, I need to find something. And I was like, I'm going to fucking do this girl because Mm -hmm. she deserves to get her story told. So her name's Jean de Clisson. I'm going to have some French... (sighs) Struggle. I'm sorry, it just sounded like Jean Dickless to me. <laughs> oh my god. So the lioness of Brittany. This also happened 700 years ago, and what we just talked about is that all this story is fabrication or unsure or unfact check. Bleh. But she was badass. Not Jean Dickless, but Jean de Clisson <laughs> was born in the French province of Brittany in 1300 to a pretty like higher class family. So say so that again. What year? 1300. Oh, early. Yeah, we're early. Who we back okay. there? And at that time, they did what all of families do they like marry their daughter off you know mm-hmm. they like find a really ritzy like aristocrat and she was um at the ripe age of 12 what? yeah what yeah <laughs> 12 does she even have her period she yet? was 12 what the but fuck Ew. i i can't stop because Ew. this is so french do you want to guess what her husband's name is think of the frenchest french name. pierre joffrey that's not is that French? Joffrey. I feel, I just think of Game of Thrones. No, Joffrey is so French. Joffrey. Joffrey. Okay, anyway, Joffrey, French dude, marries her. He's 19, she's 12. Makes it a little better, but not as good as it could be. And they had two kids. Okay. One when she was 14, one when she was 16. Yeah, and then after a decade of marriage, he dies. And she's like, oh, mm, mm, he's dead, whatever. So she was 14 when she had the first one, 16 when she had the second one, dies when she's like roughly 26 then? Yeah, exactly. Good in- math, have you? Been practicing. Honestly, well, so then you're he's not good at math. <laughs> I'm sorry. So then he's what in his late 30s? Yeah, yeah. So he dies. It didn't really say how he died. He just, say, yeah, he just he just died. Well, people just didn't live that long. People died. Then, so. Yeah. The other people that die in her life die of battle. It did not say how Joffrey died. He okay. just died. But this left her alone. And at that time, you were a woman and you couldn't do anything. So you needed a man. And you needed I hate to say it. I know. But yeah. you couldn't do shit. 
You literally, like, she needed money and shelter and someone to provide. Otherwise, she would fucking starve in her game. Well, right. And the thing of that is, like, at that era, you can't, they couldn't own things no. in their name. You couldn't they work. Couldn't you have couldn't, money. Yeah, they couldn't, couldn't work. No. Nope. Like, yeah. And she had two young unless children Unless it was a family home. business. Like. Yeah. So, in comes Guy. What's his name? Guy? Okay. Guy de Penthievre. I think I said that right. To all of our French listeners. <laughs> <laughs> After two years, only two years of Jeffrey dying, she snatched him up and was like, we're getting married. And they didn't like each other, but he provided her with money and a home and everything that she needed. So her love life, I can't. It's like literally middle school age shit happening right now. So she's in the middle of like getting married to this guy named Guy. And... <laughs> Yeah, guy named Guy. And apparently he wasn't available because back in the day, you can just say, oh, I like that man. I'm going to speak for him and he's going to marry my daughter. So he's spoken for. So you can't have him. Apparently he was spoken for by this family called the De Blois family. And they went and petitioned with the Pope to get Jean and Guy's marriage annulled in like some scandalous thing of Brittany. Her and her two kids back on the tree. So this is literally Jean's life so far. Married at 12, widow at 24 or 26, then remarried and now divorced again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, what was the reason they got divorced to Guy? Oh, because he was spoken for already. To marry this, so just because some other bitches, because mom some said, rich family was like, we want him. You're marrying our daughter. You're spoken for. Hmm. Don't okay. fucking try. But she didn't like him anyway. So then, so. did they go to the city and annul the marriage, or was like the city like the De Blois family went to the Pope? Gotcha. Went to okay, Rome and went okay. to the Pope and was like, wow. Pope, can you please annul their marriage? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Yep, done. Because they were some ritzy family. Right. And then she... But the thing is, this is what started her badass, all of her badass endeavors. Because before Guy and the Dubois daughter could even, like, get married, he he died. Mysteriously. Just out of the blue. Or did she kill him? Exactly. <gasps> exactly. Oh, it's a murder Yeah. Mystery. So, like, no one points fingers, but everyone's kind of like, that was weird. That was really weird. And then... Within the same year of all that happening, so getting divorced, him mysteriously dying because he's going to get married, she finds Olivier de Classon. She's on her third man. Right, right, right. Before she's 30. That's okay. She's trying to provide for her kids. (laughs) Providing. But this is the best part because Olivier and Jean were actually in love, unlike a lot of other marriages at the time. And they, like in every source I looked at, they were like lovers, like starstruck lovers. They were lovers. lovers. And they ended up having five more kids. So, seven children total. Dude, three men later. What are you doing? So now before things start taking on like a fun dive into all like off the abyss, France and England at this time were in a lot of wars and battles. (laughs) I'm sorry, we are... We should not eat at all. This is like the first time you brought that to light. And I'm like, wow, you're fucking super. But so France and England are in a lot of wars and battles over the territories of France because England is trying to like (laughs) gentrify and colonize. So this war was called the Hundred Years War because it just felt like it was going on. I remember learning about that. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, sweet. So England is like hardcore taking everything over right now and trying to take over France. So after a series of events and all this shit happening in France, Olivier and the entire Classon family get involved in the battles and are helping all the French defend their land against the English. So one of Olivier's cohorts, like where he was at when he was defending a town, they ended up getting overthrown and he was taken prisoner. Ooh. 
Yeah. No so bueno. when he was released, there was some like weird circumstances. And this guy who was a DeBlois, so remember that name from the beginning of my story. Mm-hmm. It was him and Olivier that worked together. And then when Olivier got captured and then the English were like, oh, you can have your prisoner back, but we need this ransom. The DeBlois guy was like, that seems like a low ransom. I'm going to go whisper in the king's ear and be like, this seems weird. Maybe he's a traitor. And then I know. Scandal. scandal in the third. 1300s like reality TV so he does that and then when he's released King Philip the entire time are like this guy's a fucking traitor and told the English everything that we're doing and he needs to go Mm -hmm. so they this is literally reality TV because then what they do is they send him an invitation to some tournament to celebrate their treaty with England so they're like oh my god Olivier like come celebrate with us we won and then he gets there and they arrest him put him on trial and with the same year chop his head off like literally like beheaded yeah they have no evidence nothing to say he's a traitor but they're just like yeah you're a fucking traitor bye kill ya can't take any chances yeah gotta cover all your bases yeah and then just a little tidbit of King Philip there's a basis cover your bases cover your bases yeah so then if he wasn't if King Philip already wasn't terrible for just like killing Olivier he kept his remains so he kept his body and his head separately and put them on display and then sent a letter to Jean to be like this is where you can find your husband yeah yeah but it wasn't just like a body lying around he literally took his body and left it in this thing called a gibbet which is a wire metal cage that like holds the body upright on display and then put a stake through his head and put it at the entrance of their like town And unfortunately, she, like, went and saw it all and then was, like, super pissed mm-hmm. and, and like, revenge. What did she do? Tell she me. sold off all of her land and possessions and rallied a bunch of people against Fuck the king. Yeah. And she then took to, like, the streets of France to fucking just literally murder and pillage anybody that supported the king. And she started with the Dublois guy who turned the king against Olivier. She went and she stormed his castle and killed every single person this was her thing she'd kill every single person but one so then they could tell Tell. everyone else what was fucking coming next i love it yeah so and even at one castle instead of storming the castle and killing everyone she pretended to be a sad widow so they would recognize her yeah and they they open they would open the gates for her and she'd be this sad weeping willow and they'd open the gates to like let her in and then she'd have all the troops hiding in the bushes and they would raid yes and she would like whip this fucking axe out oh my god and also the best part which I need to say and I'm so excited about it in all of like the old timey paintings of her She's yeah. a fucking ginger. Ew. Yes. And I was like, ginger, ginger, French, bad ass, like axe wielding, just like a with like a hair flip. Yeah, she was a fucking badass. So after going around on the land and like pillaging castles and stuff, the king got super fucking pissed off and like declared her legally a traitor mm-hmm. of the country. Uh-oh. So a lot of people in the towns when she would go and like try to rally more troops, they didn't want to be about it because right. they were like, 
nah. Like, we're not trying to die. Like, you're trying to die. We're not trying to get, like, beheaded over this. And she was wrong because the king took advantage of his power and all this shit. And she was like, you need to fucking see that he's a shitty-ass person. And people stopped as soon as she was a traitor, unfortunately. Which sucks. Which it's like, do your research. Yeah. Like, why is she a traitor? How is she a traitor? Ask questions. Challenge authority. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. Yeah. Well, and especially in the 1300s. And there's no internet. Yes. God damn it. It's all word of mouth. And then, like, think about women at the time were already, like, she was already weird to be a woman to be like, come fucking support me. They were like, what the fuck are you? Right. We're already taking a risk by supporting you because you're you're a marginalized person. Yeah. They're like, well, they're already like, it's one thing to speak against the king, but to speak against the king because a woman told me so, like, I'm not going to fucking do that, which is so shitty, but that's the world we lived in. So when that started happening, she was not about to enter a fight and she just said fuck it and bought boats and bought a fleet painted everything black like a solid black ship Hell yeah. and then had red sails and called it the revenge boom yeah so she had a fleet some sources say it was the revenge and some sources say it was the vengeance but either one Dude, i'm like cool badass girl and she like pillaged and like patrolled the english channel between england and france and that was like her against the king though right against like, that the french was her king major, right yeah because okay. she was like fuck against french people in general right so like, oh you're english go on through oh you're french yep. yeah and fuck anybody you. that supported the french right. they were fucking goners like she was just like nah the french king was so fucking over it so sent this like huge army to destroy her but then it just happened to be this big storm and both sides perished and she had a little rowboat that saved her from this storm because all of her ships like sunk into the sea and all the French ships sunk into the canal and five days of constant rowing to get herself back to the English shore and she had her children with her so this entire time that she was pirating and pillaging castles she, had her kids there, yeah. she was a single mom yep. raising her seven children Wow. Seven children. Fucking insane. But they were probably, I mean, they were probably useful. They all probably had their roles and learned. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. A and, you lot know, of constructive and, things. And at the, the time, sea. I'm sure the youngest one was like kindergarten and first grade, you know, so pretty self sufficient. Still, like, that is badass yeah dude. yeah all this murdering pillaging all this shit and she was like got my kids with me <laughs> like helping me out so cool after five days with her children she made it back one passed away unfortunately she made it back to the english shore and everyone in england welcomed her with open arms because they were like you fucking hate the king yeah Come on in. We also hate the king. We Get love you. Yes. They brought her in and Edward III, the king of England at the time, was literally like, I love you. You need more boats? Take my money. What do you want? Supply. What? Yeah. And supplied her with anything she needed. And he was like, if you're going to fucking hate the king as much as I do, you have right. my, like, literally, here's my credit card. Yeah. Like, go crazy. Do what you need to do. Oh, my God. Yeah. So cool. Here's so, my credit card. Yes. Buy yourself something nice, sweetie. Yeah. You just, can did great. Thank you for just fighting <laughs> against the king. Oh, God. So super exciting. And then she did this after she got 
got her like second fleet from England. She continued to pirate and pillage any French ships that crossed the English Channel for the next 13 years. And then out of nowhere, stopped. So at exactly 13 years, just stopped. The legend part of this was that mm-hmm. people said that she did it for 13 years because that was for every year that she got to spend with Olivier as like a revenge. She's got goosebumps. I know. Huh? Right? Like weird. Yeah. So she it Which was could like be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what was the other speculation? Just that it was like coincidence. Okay. 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 <laughs> like, so I like to believe in numbers, though. I like to believe yeah, that. Yeah. Like, I think it was very significant up. for her because right. he was her first love. Or maybe it was 13 years enough for all of her kids to be able to be independent. Who knows? And then yeah. she was able to retire and be done. But that was a really there's, good. No, there's a little bit. Oh, oh, oh. Because do, do. I know oh, what yeah. she does right after her pirating. So she just stops after 13 years. Okay. And then just gets a fourth fucking husband. (laughs) (laughs) So she literally is like, oh, I'm done. I'm done with my pillage for my third husband. I need my fourth husband. You know, my backup. You tell you what, if you have a pussy, you have unlimited husbands. (sighs) Like so many husbands. I read this little thing where it was literally like, she was the hot girl in middle school. Oh my God. And I died because I was like, she was getting all them boyfriends, but husbands. Right, but actually husbands, yeah. Yeah, so, and this guy was like an English aristocrat and he was making so much money. So we have no idea if she married him because she loved him or she was like, you're a nice person to settle down with. I'll use your money until the day I die. And that's what she did. She had this like baller ass castle that she lived in for the rest of her life. She retired. She did a bunch of cool shit. And then she just died peacefully rich after four marriages, seven children and like pillaging. Well, if you got to think after the fifth one, they're probably just walking right out of there. Uh, Probably. She probably like slept through some of that shit. I don't know. If you were pregnant and it was terrible every single child, please let us know. Yeah. I need to know what to prepare for. What's your, what are you looking forward to this coming week? These lettuce wraps. Oh my God. We're about to make lettuce wraps, everyone. Stay tuned. We're using venison that was hand caught by Abby. Caught? Or what? Didn't you kill the deer or something? Or <laughs> she? Okay, Abby has a gun I, and she murdered the. No, animal. don't say that. It's it's it true. Is less. No, we're gonna have lettuce wraps. Like I'm that. excited about that. It's gonna be great. I'm excited for a lot of things. Fun. Our cats are really cool. Yeah, we love our cats. We're obsessed. It's a problem. We all have pretty cool tattoos too. So that's we a do fun thing. cats and tats. Cats and tats. <laughs> Fun. Okay, I think we can stop recording now. Bye-bye. I hope you guys have an awesome week. See our corresponding Instagram posts for any additional resources or feel free to reach out to our direct email at untoldhistory, spelled H-I-G-H-S-T-O-R-Y, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram.